Hello everybody, this is Mrs. G's Storytime, and we are reading Treasures of the Snow by Patricia Sanjan, with permission of Moody Publishing Company. We are on Chapter 8, A Day of Escape. Lucian lay in his bed in the dark, with a hot, throbbing head and eyes that would not shut. Each time he closed them, he saw Danny just disappearing over the cliff. It wasn't an ordinary cliff. It was a dark, steep cliff that had no bottom. You just went on falling forever and ever. Now and again he fell half asleep, but each time he woke with a little cry of fear and his heart beating wildly, for his dreams were even worse than his thoughts. If only someone would come. It was so dreadful being alone. He wanted his mother, and he knew she'd come in, for he could hear her moving about in the kitchen below but he dared not call to her, for she must be so terribly angry with him that perhaps she was staying away for, on purpose. Besides, his sister might answer his call, and Lucian did not in the least want to see his sister. What she would say to him he dared not even imagine. He began to think about tomorrow. He supposed he would have to go to school, and Annette would have told everyone. Nobody liked him much in any case, because he was ugly, bad-tempered, and stupid but now they would all hate him. No one would be friends with him or want to sit next to him in class or walk home from school with him. He heard steps on the stair, and his mother came into the room. He sat up crying and held out his arms to her, but she did not come to him. Instead, she sat down on the bed and watched him with a worried look on her face. In her heart, she felt very sorry for him, and she longed to comfort him, but she was frightened. She was afraid of what the Bernays would do if Danny was badly injured. Afraid of the law. Afraid of the doctor's bills that she could not pay. She dared not seem to sympathetic in case it should, it should be said that she had taken her son's side. Besides, she felt it was her duty to punish him somehow. If she'd been a more understanding woman, she would have seen that no punishment from her was needed. She would have seen the long weeks of fear and misery, loneliness and guilty shame that lay ahead for Lucien. She would have known that her part was to comfort him and help him through them as best she could. But she was not an understanding woman. You are a naughty boy, Lucien, she said heavily, and I do not want, want, do not know what is going to happen. If that Bernay child is badly injured, we shall be ruined. We shall have to pay all the bills and we cannot have possibly afford it. I expect we'll get the police after us. It's a terrible thing you've done, and I hope you're thoroughly ashamed of yourself. Lucien was so very ashamed of himself that he didn't answer at all, which puzzled his mother very much, for he usually was quick to answer back and to stick up for himself. A silent Lucien was indeed a new thing. Well, she said at last in a gentler voice, we must hope for the best. Tomorrow you could go and tell the Bernays how sorry you are, and perhaps they will forgive you. She waited for his reply, but none came. So she left the room, feeling very troubled. She returned later with a bowl of hot soup. It might be wrong to comfort her son, but she could at least feed him. Lucien took the bowl and tried to eat, but at the third mouthful he choked and handed it back to his mother. Then flinging himself down with his face buried in the pillows, he cried again, as though his heart would break. His mother said nothing, for she did not know what to say but she stroked the back of his head gently. 
As his sobs grew quieter, she crept away and left him alone. When he awoke the next morning, he could not remember what happened, nor why his head ached or his eyes felt so hot and heavy. Then all of it came rushing back, and he remembered something else, too. Today he had to go to school and face the other children. Danny might have died in the night, and they would all know it was his fault. He decided he would not go. He would hide all day. It would not be too difficult. He would run up to the pine woods and come back in the afternoon, and no one would ever know. His mother would think he had been in school, and no one from school would ask questions. He lived too far up the valley, and anyway, who cared? Of course, someone would find out in the end, but today was all that mattered at that moment. He might feel differently tomorrow, but Danny might be better. Anything might happen later on, but today he would run away and hide. He got up and went downstairs. Marie was in the kitchen. She had already eaten her bread and drank her coffee and was getting ready to set out for the station. She tossed her head and turned around when Lucien came in, but Lucien did not look at her at all. He passed through the kitchen in silence and went across to the stable to help his mother with the early milking. She looked at him anxiously when he came in, but she said nothing. Sitting on the stool by the stove, eating his breakfast, he was still perfectly silent. At last he got up, put on his coat, kissed his mother goodbye without a word, and went off. She stood watching him as far as the bend in the road, and then she waved to him. He waved back and waited around the corner until he was sure she was gone. Then, turning on his steps, he ran up the hill as quickly as his legs could carry him. He ran very fast and arrived breathless in the quiet coolness of the great pine wood that went around the mountain. Here he was safe, for it was still early in the morning, so he sat down and began to think. It was a beautiful pine wood, and the sap was bursting from the trees and streaming down the gray trunks. The scent of pine needles rose from the ground, and the forest seemed full of peace and cool light, and Lucien suddenly felt a little bit more cheerful. He had no idea what, where, what he was going to do after all day, and he had no food, as dinner was always provided for him at school. But this strange feeling of hope made him feel sleepy, and because he had not slept well the night before, he stretched himself on the ground and fell into a deep sleep. He slept on until the sun was high overhead and the children down in the school were coming out to their dinners. Then he woke up and wanted his dinner too. But there was none to be had there, here in the forest. So he got up and wandered on up the hill, wondering whether some kind farmer in one of the high chalets might give him a drink of milk. As he wandered, he stuck his hands in his pockets and found his knife. He took it out and he sat down on a log, picking up a piece of wood and being whittling away at it with a knife. He had often whittled a piece of wood, though he had never made anything properly. But now, with nothing to do, he decided to try to carve out the shape of the chamoose, one of the wild mountain goats that live on the high precipice. He started off idly and chipping away. Very gradually, it began to take shape under his fingers, and a strange excitement took hold of him. For the first time, he forgot his misery and became absorbed in what he was doing. He could see the creature in his mind's eye, and as he thought about it, so he shaped it. Lucien held it out at arm's length to inspect it. It was not perfect, though it was very definitely a chamoose, and he had no idea how good it was, 
but for the first time since the accident he felt almost happy. He had found something he could do. Though he was stupid, he could carve, and now he would not mind being alone again. When the other children didn't want, want him, he would come out to the quiet corner of the woods and see beautiful things and carve them. While he carved, he would forget, and that was what he wanted more than anything. Whatever happened, he could, be, he could come away by himself and forget. He climbed up the slope and looked down over the forest to the valley below. The sun was moving toward the western mountains, and far beneath he could see little dark specks running in all directions. The children were coming out of the school. In every quarter of an hour or so, it would be safe to go home. He walked slowly back into the pine woods, for he did not get back. He did not want to get back too soon. The sun was shining on the other side of the valley now, and the pine wood was cool and dark. Lucien kept his hand in his pocket with his fingers tightly, closed tightly around the rounded body of Shamus. It was a satisfying feeling. He wondered rather dully what he could hear when he got what he would hear when he got home. Danny might have died, but Lucien pushed that thought away from him, for he dared not face it. He was probably just badly hurt, and to Lucien's mind there came a picture of Danny's white, scared little face looking up from the grass. If only he could do something to make up for it, but he could think of nothing. He walked into the chalet a little sheepishly, and his mother at the sink looked at him anxiously. She waited a little while for him to speak, but at last, unable to wait any longer, she began to question him. Well, she began, how did you get on at school today? All right, thank you, answered Lucien. I've been down to inquire at the Bernays, went on his mother, and Annette and, and Monsieur Bernays have taken Danny to the doctor in the cart. They will not be back till late. The grandmother spoke very kindly, Lucien. They are good people, and I think they will forgive you and not make the trouble you deserve. Lucien did not reply. The grandmother might forgive him, but he knew quite well Annette never would. Did the schoolmaster know what had happened? asked his mother after a pause. Yes, replied Lucien. Did he say anything about it? went on Madame. No, answered Lucien. His mother was puzzled. She had had a miserable day thinking of what sort of time her son might be having at school, but nothing seemed to have happened. He even looked slightly more cheerful than he had in the morning. I'm going over to milk the cows, mother, said Lucien, and he crossed to the stable with a sigh of relief. The stable was, was a refuge where he'd get away from his mother's questions and where the cows thought none the worse of him. He started quickly and then, tilting the bucket, drank about a pint of the warm, frothy milk straight out off and felt better. He had had nothing to eat or drink since breakfast. Tonight he would save some of his supper, and tomorrow he would go back to the woods again and spend another quiet, hidden day. He would do it every day until he was found out, and that might not be for a long time. He took as long as he could over milking and then wandered back into the house carrying the buckets. He reached the door at the same time as his sister, who had hurried up the hill and was flushed and out of breath. You little coward, Lucien, she exclaimed as she looked at him. Fancy missing school like that. What has he been doing all day, mother? You should have made him go. His mother turned around indignantly. What are you talking about, Marie? She asked sharply. Of course he's been to school. He's only just come in. Leave the poor child alone and go about your work. Indeed, exclaimed Marie. Well, if he's only just come in, I should dearly like to know where he's come from. I happen to have met the schoolmaster on my way up from the station. He was weeding his vegetable patch. He looked over the fence and called out to me. Where's Lucien, he asked, and why has he not come to school? 
Is he not well? I answered, He's well enough, and he shall come tomorrow if I have to drag him. So now you know, Lucian. Goodness knows where you've been today, but tomorrow I shall take you to school myself. Fancy you lying to me like that, Lucian cried his mother angrily. You are a wicked boy. I, sh I do not know what to do with you. The master must deal with you. Because she was so worried and because her boy had deceived her, she threw her apron over her face and began to cry. Lucian sat down by the stove in a bitter, sullen silence. Everyone, everything seemed against him. His only hope of escape had been taken from him. Tomorrow he would have to go to school and Annette would be there. If he had gone today, she would not have been there. He picked up a large wood chip and began whittling away with his knife. And once more his fingers felt for the wooden chamoose in his pocket. Tomorrow is Chapter 9, A Visit to the Hospital. I love you. I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.